Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here we go. It's a brand new Flyers Daily for Saturday, the 14th of January, as the Flyers get back at it tonight. They're in D.C., the second half of a home-and-home home with the Washington Capitals. Of course, they won game one against the Caps, 5-3 to three the other night at Wells Fargo Center. Really entertaining game. A lot of fun to watch that game. There was a little bit of everything, except for maybe a fight. Some good goals scored, some timely scoring, good penalty kills, short-handed goal, a hat trick. One of the biggest stars in the history of the game in the building gets stopped on a breakaway, and Alex Ovechkin, really fun game the other night, and the Flyers will play the Caps in D.C. coming up tonight. Next two games, very difficult. You got the Caps tonight, then the Bruins on Monday at 1 o'clock for Martin Luther King Day. The combined record of these two teams that they will face tonight and Monday is 55-20-10, and 10, 120 standings points just past the midway point of the season. The Bruins... 32, 5, and 4, 68 points. Ridiculous record. And the Caps, 23, 15, and 6, 52 points. Uh, so you're going to get a good test in both of these games coming up tonight and on Monday. And you're going to see two of the best scorers in the game. Obviously, tonight, Alex Ovechkin, he's been great. And this season, he is tied for fourth in the NHL. He's got 29 goals right now, knocking on 30. Uh, yet again, it just seems continues that he just keeps putting up Huge goal numbers year in, year out. He's been in the league forever. And then David Pasternak on Monday, he is second in goals in the NHL. He's got 32, only behind McDavid, who has 35. Now McDavid has 35 goals, 44 assists, and 79 points, which I think is 16 clear of the second spot in the NHL, uh, which is his teammate Leon Dreisaitl. Travis Konechny leading the Flyers. He is 11th in the NHL in goals with 24. He's got 22 assists, and he's got 46 points on the season. So can TK keep the hot play alive? He's got a multi-point streak that's just humming along, and his play has not dropped really at any point this season. Like I said many times, he's only had the back-to-back games without a point one time this season where he had two games in a row where he didn't end up with an assist or a goal in the game. And lately, he's been doing it in all facets, whether it's 5-on-5, power play, or PK. Travis Konechny has been unbelievable. Make sure you get those votes in on Twitter for uh, sending Travis Konechny to the All-Star game. you got to use that hashtag, NHL All-Star Vote, and then Travis Konechny's full name. That'll be a vote for Travis Konechny to be uh, part of the fan ballot to get him to the NHL All-Star Game. He is certainly deserving. He's having a tremendous season. You know, it's funny because you look at those goal totals, and I mentioned 24 goals, 11th in the NHL, and you look at some of the guys that he is ahead of, and you're talking about some some pretty good players. Even his point total, uh, that 46 points, has him at 25th in the league right now with the 46 points, tied for 24th, actually, with Artemi Panarin. Now, Panarin's got the 46 points in 43 games played. Konechny's got... 46 points in 36 games played. Uh, he's right there ahead of guys like Bo Horvat, Alex Tuck, Mika Zibanejad, Adam Fox. He's a blue liner, but uh, you get the point. John Tavares, he's ahead of Braden Point. You're talking about some big names here uh, that he is outperforming. Even Nathan McKinnon. Now, McKinnon's only played 29 games, but still. Nico Heischer, another good young player with the New Jersey Devils. Uh, TK having a great season so far. So Flyers and Caps tonight, we'll recap that uh, coming up tomorrow on Flyers Daily. But I wanted to get to some of these uh, responses for Twitter questions that I put out the other day and also a couple of DMs. So let's start with a DM. This one comes from Kyle, Kyle Smitchin. 
Uh, thanks for the note, Kyle. He sent this to me on Twitter, at Jason Mert. You can email me as well, jason.mertetus, M-Y-R-T-E-T-U-S, at gmail.com. He said, hi, Jason. Wonder what you think is the biggest takeaway from these last seven games. He said, in my opinion, I think both Hart and Erson's play is an indicator of the defensive structure from Torts setting in. Hart's technical ability and positioning are one thing, but specifically on Ovi, you really see his ability to read plays. He said, I think this is a combo of both skill and being able to actually trust the structure in front of him and be able to focus and be more aware. Not always possible when you're half wondering if the boys are going to make the right play. I think that's part of it. I do. I think the structure has been better. I think a really big reason for it is that they're defending a lot less. The pronounced shifts and time that they would get hemmed into their own zone, we really haven't seen that of late, in particular over the last seven games. They're just defending less, and I think that's part of it. And part of that, defending less, is good structure and breaking out of your zone cleanly. The other part about breaking out of their zone that I think is a factor is that they're coming out of their zone with possession and then getting either pucks deep or possessing the puck in the offensive zone. They're not just flipping it and then having the other team right back on them in transition before they can get set up in their neutral zone structure or D zone structure. Most most times, the opposition is having to go 180, 200 feet to get back on them. So I think it's a combination of the structure has improved, not only in the D zone, but in the neutral zone, denying uh, opportunities to obtain the zone and get set up for a team. Ending plays quicker in the D zone, or as Torts calls it, the end zone, and breaking out of their zone with possession and control the puck. Control the puck, you control the game. And they've controlled the puck a lot more in these last seven games. Why? They're playing great right now. The structure, they're relying on each other. Uh, They're playing fast. And I don't mean fast as in skating fast. They're playing fast. They're getting the puck back up the ice, especially in neutral zone transition. And they made a change in their neutral zone into that 1-3-1. And it's really caused problems for the opposition to kind of get through the neutral zone with speed and possession. And, you know, the zone entries are much more difficult when that happens. And you're going to defend less. And it's working. Is it sustainable? We'll see. There's There's a lot that goes into sustainability. But right now, that's how I see and what I see as the reasons why the results have been better. And I think part of that, you know, I don't want to shortchange the penalty kill and the shorthanded goals because I think they're a huge part of it. I think when you have a team that attacks aggressively on the PK, that translates to attacking aggressively at five-on-five when defending and when you're trying to dictate the terms offensively. And when your team is dictating the terms and being aggressive and things are working, it becomes infectious and it becomes a confidence thing. You'll get after guys quicker. The reads will be better. And you'll put yourself in a good position. And you got two goalies back there, to your point, Colin, that uh, are very good goaltenders, whether it's Carter Hart or the play of Sam Erson over his last four games. you got a bailout. And I say this quite a bit. You know, in hockey, you have to be willing to incur risk in, in the plays you make to get rewarded with good scoring opportunities. And sometimes... You know, it's not going to go according to plan. And that's where you need that guy, that goaltender, to bail you out. And when you have the confidence that the goaltender can do that, 
then you can play a little bit free of mind and a little more creative because you're not worried about making a mistake because you're going to be pulling it out of the back of your net. I think that's a big thing. So this confidence kind of is all-encompassing, and a structure is a big part of it. They still got a long way to go, still need more talent and all those elements, but um, you know the goaltending, it all feeds into each other, and I think that's part of the reason why we're seeing the, the recent success that they've had over this seven games. Let's get to some of the Twitter responses as well. Uh, Greg Cellini uh, messaged in and said, no questions, just impressed with the team's resiliency. They've been really fun to watch during this stretch. I agree. It's been very entertaining hockey. And when you go into a season with very little expectations or no expectations, you know, when you get a stretch like this, you need to enjoy it. I know some people are having a hard time because they're going, oh, no, they're messing everything up for Bedard, blah, blah, blah. I get it. And and that doesn't fall completely out of my mind either. But this has been fun to watch. The way they play, the identity that I think they're forging, we'll see if that if they can sustain that through the season. They've been very resilient from the drop of the puck this season. They've been a team that works their tail off. And we know that those are the hallmarks of John Tortorella teams. If you don't do those things, you find yourself out of the lineup or on the bench. And we've seen that from big names. Kevin Hayes, Travis Konechny in October, Tony D'Angelo. We've seen, you know, some pretty big names uh, get disciplined for not playing according to what John Tortorella would refer to as his non-negotiables. Philly Favorite tweeted in and said, is this the best quote you've ever heard a coach say after a player gets a hat trick? The thing about TK is he screws up a lot. Well, the the quote that followed is the one that I liked because he said, yeah, he messes up, but he keeps pushing. One mistake or one mess up or one screw up doesn't prevent TK from still pushing play, pushing pace, and pushing creativity. That's been the difference. Sometimes when a player makes a mistake, they get really safe on the ice, and they become a non-factor. Next question comes from Ashton Rubio. He says, if Carter Hart were to be traded, and he says parenthetically, not saying he should, do you think it's more likely he gets shopped around by the Flyers or a team comes asking for him? That's an interesting thought. I don't think the Flyers are looking to trade Carter Hart. There's certain players, you know, when you're in the situation that they're in and nobody's untouchable and, you know, you're looking long-term to build this thing and build it right and get pieces and, you know, all while having the salary cap ramifications, you know, in that mix as well, there's certain guys that you go, I'm not looking to move this guy, but, and you're, you don't slam the phone down if a GM calls and says, hey, I want to talk to you about Carter Hart. You listen to everything because even if a GM calls for him, there could be a deal with another player that comes out of that conversation. But I don't think the Flyers are shopping him around. I don't think it's going to get known in league circles that he could be obtained. Um, So if any conversation were to happen regarding Hart, I think it would obviously be another general manager calling the Flyers to ask about him. I do not think that it would get known out there that they were looking to move him or they were entertaining offers. I I don't think that's the case at all. I'm very confident about that. Logan G says, is this level of play something that can keep up long-term? Is there one or a few things that have changed to make the team play like this or did it take this long for them to fully buy into torts? Don't want expectations to get too high, but they're climbing fast. I'm trying 
you know, I'm not changing my expectations on the season at all. You know, an NHL season's 82 games. We're one game into the second half. Um, and while they've played much better of late, and they've played hard all season, 82 games usually lands you where you're going, where you should be. It's like baseball. There's 162 games in baseball. You can get off to a great start, and you can get out to a huge lead in your division, but if you don't have the horses, eventually you fall to your water level, and I think that's what's going to be the case for the Flyers. It's not going to be smooth sailing the rest of the way. They're on a good good run right now. Sometimes you're playing really good and you're not winning. So other times you you don't play well and you do win. It's, hockey's such a random sport in that sense, but as far as you know, keeping this up long term, I, I mean, obviously, I don't. I think you know, winning six out of every seven is not in the cards. Uh, but we'll see where they fall at the end of the year, and we'll worry about those things like draft position and all those other elements, and you know, what players are able to come back. Sean Couturier, Cam Atkinson. What are they going to be when they come back? You know, how are you building this blue line? Are you keeping all the pieces you have? Are you making a move? What are you doing? You have Igor Zamula. You have Cam. Where do they fit in? All those questions will be answered after the 82. Um, If there's a few things that have changed to make the team, I think, play like this, I don't – I mean, I think part of it is the buy-in to what Torts is doing. I don't know if it was buy-in. I think they were all bought in right away. I think it was, you know, you got to – learn a system and you got to play this game from instinct and thinking is you know that just that quickest of thoughts on where's this guy going to be with this system and this structure that that's enough to have a turnover so I think part of it is just assimilating to the structure and the demands of what torts demands players do with and without the puck and away from the puck that they've kind of started to crack the code on. So I think that's part of it. Um, I think the change in the neutral zone has been a big element, which has led to them defending less and led to teams not attacking them so quickly on short ice and transition. And I think it's, you know, a little bit of confidence right now too. Things started to go well, and sometimes you ride the wave, and I think they're riding the wave a little bit right now. Let's get to one more. Mikey, I, while will dance you, that's a good one, uh, tweets in and says the following. He says, do you see the team's play significantly dropping off if they move Hayes and Provorov? He said, honestly, if it does, I don't think it's by much. It's clear the young guys are driving the bus uh, for the forwards, and I'm curious what they look like defending minus Provy. I think you might be minimizing it a little bit. Um, both players, even though Hayes has you know, obviously been sat on the bench for a period twice and healthy scratched in that game against the Rangers. For the most part, he's been a very productive player. He's going to the All-Star game because he's put up really good numbers. And while he's not a guy that is a great defender, he is a good facilitator offensively. And when you put him on the wing, you kind of mitigate some of those defensive responsibilities and accentuate, you know, working from the outside on some of those offensive you know, assets that he brings to the table. So if you were to move Hayes, I you lose something. You absolutely do. Because you got to remember too, everything slots. The trickle-down effect of not having a player in the lineup. Okay, who comes in? Where do they fit in? Now a guy's got to move up. Is he able to move up to that role that Hayes is playing and be as effective? And it's probably not the case. As far as Provorov goes, you know, you said you're curious what they look like defending without Provy. And that 
you don't think it would change much. Well, I, I know a lot of people are down on Provorov over the last couple of years, uh, but he's still a guy that plays a ton of minutes. He is a quiet player, and he's kind of like an offensive lineman in football. If you don't hear his name a whole heck of a lot, probably did his job pretty well. He's not a flashy player. He's not a flamboyant player, very under control, um, kills plays, it can play a ton of minutes, as well-conditioned as anybody in the NHL. I'm not going to even just say the Flyers. Is available every game. And again, it's that trickle-down effect. Just putting a guy on the top pairing is not it's easier said than done for it to be effective. You know, when you step up in that class of having to shut down the Ovechkin line, the perfection line, Bergeron, Marchand, and Pasternak, when you're when you've been a second pairing guy, it's a big ask. And every team's got one. We're gonna see Edmonton coming up. You're gonna see McDavid. You gotta deal with that. You're gonna see every team you play, you're gonna get a great line. The Caprice off line when you play the wild. You're gonna see you know, the top line for the most minutes for that at game. And while you can't necessarily stop the great players, you have to be able to, to minimize the damage they can do. So I, I know Provorov maybe isn't up to the expectation that some people put him on, you know, three, four years ago where they were mentioning Norris with him. But if you take him out of the lineup, and elevate somebody to that role, you suffer. I think they suffer quite a bit. I really do. Um, that's not to say that he's untouchable, but there is a drop-off to me, clearly, and I think it's pretty substantial. I think it's a pretty substantial drop-off from Hayes and Provorov. But again, nobody is untouchable. Nobody. So uh, thanks for the questions. Thanks for the uh, notes, the DMs, and uh, keep the DMs, emails, and Twitter responses coming. We'd love to get them. At Jason Bird on Twitter. And also jason.mertetus, M-Y-R-T-E-T-U-S, at gmail.com. And we'll continue to get to those over the next uh, calendar week here on Flyers Daily. Uh, Flyers Caps tonight. Can the Flyers get a second straight win over the Caps and sweep the home and home? Well, we'll find out tonight. We'll break it down tomorrow. And join us then on a brand new edition of Flyers Daily. Under the